This is Josh Levent, and you're listening to Humans, a podcast for people who want the world to slow down and become more human. Welcome to episode four. Today, I'm speaking with Varun Venugopal Gupta. Varun is an Indian behavioral consultant and entrepreneur. When I met Varun, I first noticed his emotional intelligence. I could see that he read people's emotions on their faces and connected quickly with anyone. What makes Varun human is his self-reliance, as well as his newfound vulnerability. We talk about his difficult journey as a teenager with all of his family's expectations on him, which was so extreme that it gave him a stutter, and how he finally overcame this limitation in college. Please enjoy our candid conversation, and now I bring you Varun Venugopal Gupta. Hi Varun, thank you for coming on my podcast. Pleasure. And good morning. It's uh, before, just past 7 a.m., so we got up bright and early to do this. Um, yeah, thank you for, for taking the time and um, before a long journey. Uh, can you actually tell me what, what, what is your full name? Varun Venugopal Gupta. Okay, cool. And where were you born? A small town um, on in northern region of India called mm-hmm. Muzaffarnagar. Mm-hmm. Muzaffan Nagash. And is that where your parents were born as well? No. Um, so we come from a middle-class family. And, uh, you know, when I was born, the criteria was to find um, where can we get good medical facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom's sister, um, she's, you know, she happened to be uh, um, in a family of doctors. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, let's kind of get him a chance to get birth there because he'll be also taken care of or, and my mom will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So that's how the place was chosen, completely random. Right. So your parents didn't live there? No, my uh, parents lived in the central region of India mm-hmm. uh, in a place called Indore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was like the first 10 days of my life, I was in Muzaffarnagar and then went down to Indore. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, do you know what your what your grandparents did for a living? So my mom's side, uh, grandparents, uh, they are, they've been farmers mm-hmm. and uh, belong to generations of farming mm-hmm. and uh, very righteous people who would work their share, earn their livelihood. Um, so that's them. Dad's uh, side, uh, like grandfather was uh, in the cloth business so mm-hmm. they would uh, sell wholesale of you know those big yarns that used to come mm-hmm. not yarns the rolls of uh, clothes so mm-hmm. uh, that's what he used to do grandmom was a housewife okay and and y- your parents my dad um, has been into sales and marketing mm-hmm. so i think that's his passion mm-hmm. And uh, he's done this for a varied range of products, from refrigerator to television sets to helicopters mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. automobiles. So you know, done done the range. Mum's um, been a teacher. Okay. She actually um, started her own school uh, when I was five, and. Uh, She's like she's taught at some of the best schools. She she usually te- teaches kids who are in their pre nursery mm-hmm. f- 
for example there is a waldorf philosophy of schooling mm-hmm. you know about it and uh, so yeah, so she is a waldorf teacher oh, wow. and which is pretty awesome you know like yeah. um, i remember she used to knit toys for kids play the flute mm-hmm. and things like that so she she was doing some pretty cool stuff do, do you know the story of how she uh, came across the waldorf philosoph- philosophy oh i don't know i think it could be by chance because mm-hmm. uh, so because of my dad's work in mm-hmm. sales and marketing we would he would keep getting transferred mm-hmm. uh, he was one of the more ambitious people mm-hmm. so you know growing up i lived in so many cities mm-hmm. and uh, we happened to be in a place and probably my mom would have found out schools in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and uh, that's how she would have found the school which was in the world of philosophy wow yeah so does that mean that when you started school you went to a world of school no i wish mm-hmm. <laughs> i did my schooling the most mainstream way possible uh, which is you know we have this central board of secondary education system the cbse mm-hmm. and um, yeah as mainstream as it gets okay so um i'm curious do do you have any memories before you started school what your childhood was like i was a very pampered kid so in my dad's family i was the eldest um child born and being the first you know born child they, everyone would charm me with love my mom tells me that uh, i didn't ever crawl uh because nobody would leave me on the floor <laughs> so I, they would just want to like kind of put play with me and hold me on the lap um so yeah so um, i i remember there used to be um, this one television channel that used to be live at that time and it used to have this interesting music before uh, the news bulletin would start mm-hmm. and i used to love that music so whenever i was in the house uh, whenever that music would play i would just come mm-hmm. kind of see it and then go back to, <laughs> to doing whatever i was doing okay. uh, so i think it, even this memory as i think about it i think is a shared memory with me rather than something i remember of my own on my own i have this one very inter- i don't know why this comes to mind um, but i used to always be up to some kind of an acting mm-hmm. there is always a scene happening mm-hmm. and i'm playing a role yeah and uh, this is a memory that i remember myself um, which is there's some cousins of mine who are visiting and um, i have a piece of paper open and i am kind of pretending to read from it mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm like but and i'm sharing the story and i'm wanting to show them that look i know how to read like mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of you read the newspaper even i am reading mm-hmm. so i am you know like just pretending to be pretending reading to from read. <laughs> from a piece of paper yes, yes. <laughs> was there something on the paper or was it i i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is uh, like memory i i have very clearly because i'm facing this and my cousin is behind and i know when my cousin kind of enters the room and when not mm-hmm. like when to start my performance mm-hmm. and then i start my performance mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah right <laughs> cool and uh, do you remember when you when you actually learned to read it would have been a couple of years after that mm-hmm. you know in the usual age 4 or 5 mm-hmm. yeah when you start reading yeah 
What, do you remember your first day at school? That's a very interesting story, actually. So, um, right before I was to start class one, we moved to another city. Mm-hmm. So maybe a couple of days back, and uh, we moved to a place called Ahmedabad. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, we moved there and um, there is this uh, tv tower in f- front of our buildings mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that's a rocket you know and i'm very excited i'm like how cool we are living in buildings which overlook the rocket and in my head i'm thinking maybe in couple of days this rocket would fly <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like how cool that would that be to see this rocket fly so i go to the first day and um, it so happens the bus which was to pick me up from school and drop me back home forgets about me because i'm a new kid mm-hmm. so now i'm 5 years old in a new city in a time when you don't have mobile phones and stuff mm-hmm. at also a time when my home has not been settled for us to have a landline mm-hmm. you know so there is no way for me to kind of contact my home mm-hmm. and i'm like oh shit I have to find my way back home. Right. So, uh, what happened? The bus from the school you didn't, didn't get on. It yeah. drove off without you. It drove off without me. Right. You were at school. I am at school, and now I have left school building. Right. And um, I go around to these tuk-tuks, the auto rickshaws. Yeah. And I am asking them, "Can you please take me to the rocket which is close by?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. and i have a sense which is that it's not very far off it's close by so long story short i kind of find a tuk tuk which will take me the tuk tuk drops me to another set of buildings because say there are three blocks mm-hmm. my block where i was living has gray buildings they mm-hmm. drop me to a block which has orange buildings mm-hmm. but i have a sense that okay this is close by mm-hmm. um so now i ask, start asking people where are the gray buildings mm-hmm. wow <laughs> So then you know I'm kind of walking and it's a hot summer day. I'm the about temperatures could be 45 50 degrees and my water bottle is new. Mm-hmm. So I'm not able to open the water bottle lid to drink water. Okay. And I'm thirsty and I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm walking fast because I'm like I have to reach home. Mm-hmm. So I managed to walk reach home on the first day wow. in a new city all by yourself. All by myself. Wow. Yeah and that that's how my first day happened and interestingly uh, like I have I have memories of this day like I have memories of walking and the first time I see the gray building in front of me and how thrilled I am mm-hmm. knowing that it's close by even having this sense at the back of my head that okay this person will drop me safe he knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. and this is a 5 5 year old child yeah so Yeah, I think right. it's so incredible like the intuition that we have already as 5 year olds. I know, right? Yeah. 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 Crazy. So you <laughs> the first day you had a big adventure. Yes. I ma- I managed to reach back home. The story at my parents is completely different mm-hmm. because now my mom's waiting for me at the bus and right. she sees that the bus ha- has you know is you not know, carrying me. Yeah. she somehow manages to call my dad in his office mm-hmm. uh, and at that in those days uh, my dad had a bike we didn't have a car so he he came back picked my mom both of them went to the school and now they are at the school they're searching mm-hmm. and the, you know the kids not there mm-hmm. luckily my grandparents were home so i am kind of now 
at home chilling but yeah. there is again no way for us to contact them or right. for them to contact us yeah. so my mom's wailing and my dad's wailing and worried and they think yeah. they've lost their child on the day one wow and i think i don't i now i don't remember how how much time did they come back mm-hmm. but yeah it was a kind of traumatic experience for them it was like yeah. my mom still talks about it yeah. um so i'm sure it was yeah <laughs> but yeah what good way to start schooling i guess yeah, for you, for you yeah <laughs> was it was it something different after that uh, your parents try to I don't know. <laughs> Do something different to make sure it doesn't happen again. No, no. Um or maybe yes. I I think um I was always raised as a very independent kid. Yeah. I remember like being six years, seven years old and uh I would go and do the grocery shopping. Uh and it could also be because we did not have many means at that time, you know. Um so you know going grocery shopping or there is a say film festival happening you're talking about film festival mm-hmm. today and there's a kids film festival happening mm-hmm. so i would get the money and my parents would say take your own tuk tuk mm-hmm. go to the film festival mm-hmm. watch the film take the tuk tuk back home mm-hmm. and and this is at 7 yeah 6 yeah. <laughs> wow. so they raised me like a very fairly independent child who yeah, yeah. you know who could do what he wants and yeah i think i was given a lot of this for example my parents would never ask me for an account for money mm-hmm. why because they knew that here was someone i used to bargain mm-hmm. <laughs> as a young kid in um, in the shops mm-hmm. and you know so for example if usually the grocery list would be 80 bucks mm-hmm. uh, i would get it for 75 bucks and mm-hmm. then that 25 rupees would be saved mm-hmm. you know and kind of brought back yeah. uh, and there was this kind of intuitive sense that okay you know that's how money is to be spent and maybe i was yeah. seeing my parents do that yeah. like uh, my parents tell me this i don't remember they say that whenever as growing up if there was something i liked in a sh- in a shop mm-hmm. then um, i would just go and ask the shopkeeper uh, how much is that for mm-hmm. and whatever the price shopkeeper would tell of course at that age you don't have a sense what's expensive what's not mm-hmm. so whatever the shopkeeper would say i will just nod my head and say okay and i'll walk away <laughs> yeah so uh, you know like these are some of the values yeah you want to know the price of everything yeah Yeah. yeah and i thought that that's it that's what you do if you yeah. like something you find out how much it is for and then you walk and, and maybe i'd seen my parents do that a couple of times maybe if they yeah. wanted to do something they would have realized they can't afford so they would yeah. ask the price and walk and yeah. as a kid how you learn these very subconscious it's, yeah it's very interesting because i think a lot of um, people don't don't come up with that and there's this kind of misconception that you know there's this uh, idea like if you have to ask you can't afford it but I, i think this is wealthy people don't 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 think like that wealthy people think i know that well, how much everything costs mm. otherwise they wouldn't be wealthy <laughs> yeah i guess yeah <laughs> so you you knew as a as a child you knew how much everything cost <laughs> and you and you were and you saved so you could you could afford some things you saved <laughs> a few rupees uh, when you went grocery shopping <laughs> yeah i hope yeah, yeah, very, cool. yeah. um and it sounds like your your parents are Uh, even though it was kind of really you know distressing to to lo- to lose you on the first day of school it sounded like it didn't 
really stop them from letting you live independently and and i'm curious though you know you, you obviously when you were at school by yourself the first day without the bus had left did you ever think maybe i'll stay here and wait till somebody finds me or is that something that your parents would have wanted you to do because you know obviously they went to the school expecting you to be there but you you had found your own way home was there like this this the sense that maybe in the future they they would want you rather to to stay at school and, and wait for them to find you I, I don't remember what the conversation or the instruction said mm -hmm. was given to me after that. Um, you know, when you ask me that, it it points me at a larger pattern or larger scheme of things, um, which is, I think there is somewhere an ingrained message um, which says, don't wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's very intuitively saying you are, you are to fend for yourself in life. Yeah. So if something like that happens, you find your own way back, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I don't know where that comes from because if I had it at five, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe something before that shaped it. But because in that moment, for me to take a decision like that, um, I, I don't know where, yeah. where, where it came from. Yeah, but it maybe maybe it was a foolish decision, and I'm looking <laughs> too much into it. Yeah, no, no I mean it's, it sounds like it's something that's really deeply in your family culture to to yeah to be independent and to to say you know don't don't wait for things to happen, make your own luck. Yeah, yeah, and it, it sounds fancier than probably what it is. Um, I, gu I guess the feeling is more you are on your own. You, there is nobody who's coming. Yeah. And this is again. There's this one instance that I remember, and many times I have a, you know, there are there are memories that you have a visual memory, and there are m memories that I have a visceral memory, like mm -hmm. a very felt sense. I remember. So I, my mum, and this is where I credit my mum. She raised me um, from very young age to do all the household work, okay. and she used to constantly tell me this. She used to say, "Bus." do your own thing don't be dependent mm -hmm. even when you eventually do have a partner you know don't expect the partner to be doing this. Mm -hmm. you should be you know completely yeah. you you should know the know-how of yeah so now this one day i'm i'm carrying a lot of stuff to keep back in the fridge yeah and so much so now i don't have a hand available with me to you know open the fridge mm -hmm. so i call out to my mom i say mom could you help me open the fridge door mm -hmm. She says, there's a table right behind you. Mm -hmm. If your hands are too full, mm -hmm. just put the thing and open the fridge. Yeah. And it just opened me to this concept saying, oh, th there is resource always available. Just yeah. kind of turn around and find the table. Very interesting, yeah. And, and interestingly, this, and in the larger scheme of things, you know, it's such a small incident yeah. of me putting something, but it comes back to me many times, this in its visceral sense, because whenever, even now, like when I moved to Goa, for example, many a times it would feel like, oh, I don't have the hand mm -hmm. empty to open the fridge. Right. And I'm talking metaphorically. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Maybe you, you moved somewhere and you, you didn't have the, the car to move your stuff or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. Don't have yeah. the resource. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't have the means to mm -hmm. the end to find the ticket to, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. any, any. And I, this, this, this kind of visceral feeling comes back saying, turn around, find your table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. 
so now we're, we're down to kind of exactly the conversations I want to have, you know, like what is the, the beliefs that, that kind of drive our, uh, who we are. And I think that's, that's what it is, right? One of those, one of those stories. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, what were your interests at school? Did you have a favorite subject? I, re I remember loving the stage. Yeah. Um, I think, say, be it dancing, uh, acting, mm -hmm. debates, storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I used to love these. Um, I don't remember any school annual function where I am not playing a role and most like mostly playing a protagonist mm -hmm. kind of a role like I'm getting a meaty role because that's how and who I was about yeah uh, did that start at like age five I, six when you started yeah school? much in fact much younger even like the pre-nursery kinds of school right. that you go to which is before five uh, you know I, I I'm playing the protagonist Wow. Um, kinds and in the Christmas play or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and and if, and these are things I don't remember. I see them now in pictures, mm -hmm. but from the conscious memory that I have, yes, even then, like mm -hmm. th those always excited me. I don't think language or history ever intrigued me as much. Um, mm -hmm. There was I used to love numbers mm -hmm. and logic, yeah, and uh, so I think. Physics, science, math, these things uh, came more naturally to me. And the rest, like language and history, were subjects that you kind of scored good, well in. Um, mm. And you study just for that. You Like, I don't remember reading a single book outside of my okay. school curriculum, per se. Yeah. And I think s some of this um, sh might also be coming from the fact that I somehow knew that, okay, middle class Indian boy, so you are going to do something in science, either take up medicine or engineering. So mm -hmm. kind of from the very young, start developing an interest in the physics and the math. Yeah. Um, you know, because people would always ask for your total percentage. Mm -hmm. And then they would say, okay, how much have you got in your maths and science? Right. <laughs> because for everyone, those are the important subjects. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I grew to like them. I don't know if this was an inherent calling. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so being on stage, acting, dancing, and uh, these two subjects. Mm. Did you do any uh, performance outside of school, uh, kind of preteen? Hmm. I used to learn dance. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Yeah, there's this famous choreographer in India called Shai McDabo, uh, who has workshops and performances, uh, you know, for people. So, yeah, I would, I used to like learn dance and be on those shows. Mm -hmm. And what, what and age was that? Sorry. What what age? Around eight, eight, twelve. Yeah. I've done a few of these performances. Cool. Um, <laughs> Also, India has this very cool... Um, in fact, Ahmedabad um, had this... I miss some... Sometimes I miss those days for this. Um, they had this very cool housing colony scene, you know, where we were living. Mm -hmm. They would keep doing these functions now and then. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, sometimes they're doing like a fancy dress competition. Mm -hmm. To s Sometimes there's a dance form called Garba, 
you know Garba is a part of a festival so for nine days around in October September October you're basically dancing out in the night okay. and uh, from say 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. you're dancing wow. and all of us are dressed in our traditional attire mm-hmm. and this is when we would really dress up like wear those fancy jackets with mirror work mm-hmm. and uh, even for men like have earrings anklets and i remember you know for this performances you were also putting some makeup on mm-hmm. uh, that's how everyone used to you know dress yeah. and you are dancing dancing out with your friends and doing it till 1 a.m. 2 a.m. at that age like we were 8 wow. 7 parents are tired they have gone back home <laughs> to sleep but kids are dancing till 2 a.m. Wow. out in the dancing colony and then going back home um so yeah so these were some performances of not even performances these are some places to dance outside and i used to love it i used to love dancing i used yeah. to you know i used to be one of those guys who who would know also the technicalities of it okay this song is like the two two beat song mm-hmm. these songs are the three beat songs mm-hmm. and they each would have a different garba step okay so yeah wow and as you moved into kind of your your teenage years how did that develop i actually have a not so such a great relationship with my teenage years mm-hmm. um as as soon as i turned 14 mm-hmm. i was sent to this place um called kota mm-hmm. uh, in um west uh, of the country a place called rajasthan mm-hmm. now kota is this interesting place kota india has this college university called the iits mm-hmm. and kota is a place that attracts talent from across india to come and prepare for this examination now so you are 14 years of age you are staying independently in this small god for second town mm-hmm. in rajasthan desert wow where there are so 70000 80000 to lakhs of kids from across india and so this is not like a boarding school you have to find no. your own yes yeah. yes <laughs> this is private coaching classes yeah. for these examinations wow, yeah. and because the competition is so high in india so yeah. everyone enrolls their kids into this you know private classes so that their chances of getting into a good university is higher yeah. so at the age of 14 to 16 i was studying 12 to 13 hours every single day right doing these ridiculous math and physics the physics books we used to solve has the advancement of like mtech students okay that's how advanced that like uh, there's a book called erodof which i have a friend now who's you know who's got her dual degree in uh, physics and i speak to her about solving erodof and she's surprised she's like dude what <laughs> when did you do that <laughs> at 14 yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy crap you know because the cut off for this examination is that high 
so now these years when you have so much beautiful happening you know to you because this is when puberty is happening you know and this is the yeah. age of growth and yeah. your um, also your social kind of interaction get formed at this age mm-hmm. and at this age we just closed in rooms in those dingy rooms and you are you are now studying and every single day i'm getting a call from my parents and relatives saying are you i hope we are studying huh Mm-hmm. We hope you are studying. We have all our hopes pinned on you. Yeah. You are the man who is going to take us away from middle class. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you are the one who will get into good this good university and have this wonderful life and all our dreams we see. <laughs> so now as as a child at that age, I mean I I look back at those years and I wish I I knew how to cry. I wish I'd thrown a tantrum or a fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not have been like yes, I will. I will be the f- a fighter. Or I'll be the lone survivor. Right. You know. So for two years, literally, you don't have friends. You, you don't have girlfriends. Then this is the age when you're most intrigued, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have any social interaction. You just have you know, books. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, so it was when I went into college. Um, I, I, by the way, did not crack the IIT. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was a great student. I was in one of those better. Uh, we used to have a batch based on your performance in this private tuitions. Mm-hmm. I was in one of those batches which was all set. You know, mm-hmm. like seventy five percent people on in those batches would get would wow. crack the IIT. Yeah. So I was the the twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. Yeah. So I went into an, another college uh, down south, but I went there with my confidence shattered because mm. now suddenly, with this overwhelming feeling of letting down my entire family, yeah. my family will continue to be middle class. Mm. And and I remember this like as I'm entering college and this is my first day, and in my head, what's happening is the dreams that I'd built in my uh, in my head for my life. they're just suddenly becoming smaller like i started imagining a smaller house a smaller car and those were my dreams then that those were my extent of my yeah. dream you know like more. how old 16 yeah 16 yeah. so 17 is when i was entering Starting, college yeah. mm-hmm. um and i built up a stammer um so i went into this college and i realized that someone who was socially very active before my college days mm-hmm. you know would be able to speak to anyone and yeah. be full of confidence now suddenly felt completely out of place going into college mm-hmm. i stammering i am not able to fit in right you and spent the last two years in isolation <laughs> <laughs> yes i have spent the last two years in isolation and also yeah. these two years are such crucial time because now i have no know how of the puberty and you yeah. know the experience of maybe or you know finding that first holding of hand mm-hmm. you know having a girlfriend i i i don't have any of these experiences with me right. yeah. so i i was just very socially awkward mm-hmm. and and you know some of the other kids who are there they've had some kind of a life experience like they have now started smoking or you mm-hmm. know they've they've kind of had some of this experience and i'm like what is this world right also i haven't seen any serial or cinema okay so 
like people are talking about friends and they are talking about mm. you know this is what the buzzword is going into college and right. i i'm lost on any of these references right right so suddenly i feel like an alien coming in what 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 year is this this is 2007 2007 yeah okay so the internet was was just starting as well with people in college uh, on the internet yeah and yeah. that was something that you hadn't seen before or you had yeah well i i did not have a laptop mm-hmm. um some some of the other college people had a laptop mm-hmm. and um i don't think technologically there was ever a challenge i think i was you know if there was a orkut at that time then i was on the orkut <laughs> okay. at that time uh, you know the yahoo messenger so i i don't i didn't notice much of a disparity there right but it was, defi- the, was uh, pop culture the pop culture and the, yeah and the social skills yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all all of that was lost yeah. lost on me yeah. and this is when also the first time it dawned like people would give references of say alice in wonderland or, or mm-hmm. any of these books and um, right. I would be again very awkward because I have not read any book outside mm-hmm. of my mm-hmm. you know uh, curriculum so at that time I just felt so inadequate like I remember my first year in first few months in college being very shitty yeah um yeah and being this just awkward stammering kid wow what did you decide to study in college engineering engineering <laughs> So that so you you were preparing for that and that was that was the path. Yeah, so while I did not get into the premier institute, then I was like okay fine whichever college I get into I can't go back to Kota ever again. <laughs> yeah. You know, like my parents especially my dad really wanted me to kind of take go back and try go again. back and try the next year. Yeah. And I was like no way I'm doing it. Whatever yeah. the college even if I end up as a clerk <laughs> in an organization i am happy but i can't go back to that place like yeah. i had such a phobia now of that yeah. place did you have the sense also that it wouldn't do any good that if you go back for a year it wouldn't change the result i think it would have broken me yeah there was a sense that if i go back i would just have i would maybe cry or throw such a huge tantrum mm. i i couldn't go back i think yeah. that trauma will not let me study mm. and i think that had already happened i remember in my high school grade 12 um the last six months i haven't been able to really study i think mm-hmm. because of the two years that i was there yeah. it had built up so much yeah. and everyone whom i'm speaking to they just ask me this one question mm. dude how are your studies going right we hope you're going to get in yeah. yeah yeah a lot of pressure and i had i had given up yeah i had given up before yeah i was like I have I have not been able to study for the last six months. Yeah. I guess we we kind of got into this topic because I asked you how it, your interest in performing came, went in your teenage years but it sounds like in during it those two years happen. nothing it happened. It didn't happen. Nothing happened. Um yeah. I had kind of given up on it. Yeah. I discovered theater again in my third year of college. Okay. And um and co- you you were doing a bachelor's in engineering. In engineering. It was three years long. It was four years four long. Four years. Mm-hmm. and um, what happened was very interesting um when i was 16 uh, sorry when i was 17 and i was in college first year there are few people who are going for this workshop out of my college mm-hmm. which is a two day workshop on um, living your dreams yeah 
and somebody mm. you know says varun just come i think you speak about some of these things mm. you know you'll enjoy it yeah like, okay cool fine let me see what it is and i go there and i see this inspirational as guy talking and there are these movie posters put up in the room which have all these inspirational movies and there's this guy speaking and the way he's speaking like he's you know there's charisma oozing out mm-hmm. and i'm looking at him and i'm like dude i want to be this person mm-hmm. i want to be you yeah and this is what i did <laughs> the at the day end i just went up to him and i said was i want to be you yeah i will do anything <laughs> i will start working for you yeah okay but i want to be you yeah so uh, there is this b- big famous organization called the landmark forum mm, i've heard of it um so this is that kind of belief system the landmark forum this okay. group that i got into yeah and this person was kind enough he offered me an internship okay now this changed a lot of things for me suddenly i was i started building back my confidence mm. i started leading workshops and this came from a belief because i was like hey i overcame my stammering this power is real yeah i got back my life because now suddenly again my dream has the bigger house again mm. has a bigger car again mm. so now life became about this because for once while my college and my family is starting to look at me as a disappointment mm. here is a group of people who are looking at me as Barun as a star as a person who has a life as a as an inspirational speaker yeah. you know like at at that age i'm going to a college like oh i went to the iits to speak to speak wow in front of 400 people wow and they looked up to you and, and the, yes yeah, crazy you know and this is a group which is giving me that opportunity and and i was like how fast was that within one year or in a couple of years within i went there in my third year yeah um so the same year you discovered or the third year of the being part of that organization yeah i'm right. third year that's the year which I, when i discovered the um, theater again right. and it, i think somewhere going into iits at that moment was my big fuck you <laughs> yeah to the world saying yeah. you know what whenever i don't have the hands to open the fridge yeah i will find my own table in a very different way yeah yeah and and now like this is what i decided i want to do for life i want to you know be in skilling and and it came from very much from my core saying yeah. i see the power of it i want to do it so so we started um, skilling people for employment in bangalore um mm-hmm. place about 800 odd kids help them find employment so so now i am feeling like i have arrived yeah i became arrogant like how okay yeah i used to be very arrogant yeah because you know there was this build up of all these years of being looked of down course. upon so now yeah. i'm like fuck you guys and li- literally that's how i used to walk i used to mm-hmm. walk saying fuck you guys mm-hmm. you know and i think i became a very obnoxious person <laughs> to be around <laughs> but i didn't realize it of course because yeah. i was like <laughs> everyone around me is just on a different level they are on a lower playing field than me right. i am someone who's right. you've you know, become enlightened i've become enlightened <laughs> and i am i am i have arrived yes so then in the third year i was like you know what now is my time to live my college life 
so this organization i built up guys now you carry it on mm-hmm. i am going to do and pursue theater and you know live my life mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know and i said oh college doesn't have a theater group no problem i will create my own theater group yeah. you know so i'm feeling all this powerful and and thing so yeah so so that's what happened that's when i discovered theater again um, and you found your own theater group. yeah 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 um okay. in college and, and what, what, did you find other students who wanted to do theater yes yeah yes so we we formed a group we we held auditions we used to go into into college competitions mm-hmm. um write our own scripts rehearse all of that uh, yeah. this is the time when i also said you know i should have a girlfriend it's been i've all these years i've just been kind of working and all of that so you know i got into a relationship at that time so my fourth year of college was really about living life yeah. you know i i i spent a lot of lot of more time with my friends you know yeah. started building friends yeah. um because i did not have much friends in college uh, yeah. and then so so all all of that started happening and i think this was also a start for another journey because i I think at this time when I was doing theater and starting to make friends I was somewhere realizing oh dude while I chase this success thing mm-hmm. I'm not able to make friends yeah and something's happening wrong something's something's wrong yeah I missed an essential ingredient to life to yeah, <laughs> yeah. because why are my friends when they have a sob story not sharing it with me sharing right. it with someone else yeah. why am i not invited to some parties yeah and they invite I, you at, for your for your role and for your yes. authority but not for you you as a person I, i i don't yeah maybe and you know i would get invited for the more social socially relevant like the bigger group parties yeah. but not for the core group parties yeah, and i am always on the periphery and wondering what's happening yeah guys i'm so awesome look at me why am <laughs> why are you not being friends with me so it was actually my need for them to look at my power and position yeah. but you know friends are friends they are assholes <laughs> fuck thank god they are assholes because they are like fuck your power and position you might have worked your ass off for that we don't want to see that we want to see you but we don't we never see you you are never outside your power and position sure if you want yeah. people to share things with you you also have to share things with them yes and i would yeah. i would never share anything which is vulnerable because my life was perfect now yeah you see yeah you know so i, I, I see it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, exactly that's that's what i was carrying so yeah. what age is this i think this is 21 finally out of college mm-hmm. and this new thing has started irritating me mm-hmm. and i think a part of me is just feeling terrible that dude i worked all this hard to get power and position but why are now I, i'm getting alienated yeah and it's just that kind of irritation that started yeah interesting wow i don't think i articulated these things as <laughs> ever like this that's 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 great that's why i'm doing this podcast <laughs> <laughs> thank you so uh, then what happened did you you graduated from from college graduated from college um joined a startup which mm-hmm. was um a vice president at hp and uh, vice president at one of these big it companies they were setting up a company where they wanted to change the way education system worked in india especially at the college level right so i did not take up a technical job mm-hmm. uh, i i got one from college being in a good college you get placed and stuff yeah. but um somewhere i wanted to do this kind of work so then i started 
applying out and all of that so this uh, this opportunity kind of attracted me yeah so that's that's the company i joined mm-hmm. i also joined theater mm-hmm. now on the weekends so i joined a improv theater group so used to do improv on the weekend and the weekdays six days used to work yeah wow what what was the startup it was uh, doing this try and change the education system through doing programs for teachers or principals or it was more political what was the so it was more for the students mm-hmm. and uh, the idea was to the big gap between um, colleges and industries bridging that Mm-hmm. So we wanted to create avenues wherein you might be studying in a college and while doing that be able to interact with the industry. So either get internships, mm-hmm. interact with professionals who are in different fields mm-hmm. to get to know what work really looks like. Okay. Get a sense of what are the skills and where is that world going because let not that happen just as you're graduating yeah. and i had a first hand experience of this in my first company okay you know because when we were trying to employ people they were just not getting placed because of this limited things like you know looking at someone's eyes while talking and you know just this basic so you were then a mentor to to other students at the startup or what was your role there so in my first startup um, which is while i was in engineering and right. and There was this, this organization you founded and you were doing what, what the... To find employment. Yeah, I and see. It was called Alchemy Career Solutions. Uh-huh. But it was your, you were the, the, the founder and the, and the CEO or the no. kind of manager of that? No, I was one of the team. We, right. was, we was seven, six, okay. seven of us and um, I was one of those six, seven. Okay. Like my, my role, so to say, in that was uh, interacting with the industries Okay. which would help us find the placement mm-hmm. um, and everyone had their own role in in setup of this organization yeah and then that's i guess through 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 that work you got your first job out of college first job. yes yes yeah. because they realized that oh he has first hand experience of both leading workshops for students yeah. and at the same time knowing the problem first hand mm-hmm. so that put me in this unique place of having had that experience and having myself been outside college yeah you know so when oh. i go in i could talk about these real things yeah what was your feeling when you got that job was that like a kind of like wow i've made it you know i've got a great job that i love or was it like this is a small step in a yeah i looked at it as a small step yeah. it it wasn't like a dream job or anything we mm-hmm. were starting up we wanted to do it mm-hmm. i was doing it with great people which was nice yeah. and uh, At that time, there was a belief which was still you're 30 is the time when you work with great people, take on good projects, mm-hmm. because anyway, you're going to earn all your life. That's never going to be a challenge. But mm-hmm. this is when you work with good people. So this was one of those stepping stones. Like, yeah. in fact, I even mean, that's what prompted the decision where uh, it was my first job itself. I was like, who is the person I'm going to be directly working with? Yeah. I realized my manager, whoever's my immediate manager, has to be a great person. And in, I got like five, six job offers at that time. Mm-hmm. And when it came to the decision, it boiled down to just this fact. And I remember that very clearly because I requested individual time with my manager before I joined. Yeah. You know, uh, meet them for a meal. 
and I wanted to suss out who is the person whom I right. want to work with. Right, because that's the person you're going to spend the most time with and hopefully learn something from. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and so so then this person was was great. So when I joined it, and this was also a great challenge to be working on. Mm-hmm. I, I very very at the core believed in this work. Yeah. So how long were you there? I was there for three years. Yeah. And um, during these three years, interesting thing was happening. In theater, I found my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and um, we were we had this beautiful relationship happening, and uh, there was work. And now this itch that had started just before finding the job kind of accentuated when I got into a relationship. Yeah. Uh, I was in a relationship with someone nine years older than me, wow. and she was this amazing person. She had, you know. She'd done a PhD, traveled abroad, you know, so in that sense, seen the world. Yeah. Um, and here was me, this arrogant, self-involved person. Yeah. So when we started seeing each other, she pretty much slapped me out <laughs> of my existence. Like, mm-hmm. like, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. You know, you're such an arrogant person. Who's, who, who can ever fall in love with you? Mm-hmm. And there was some truth to that. I did not have a response when she gave me this feedback. Yeah. And so it started this churn and that accentuated the churn because it was like just finding finding my own self, sort of say. Uh, mm. So I did a few things. I I went to do Vipassana at that time. Mm. Vipassana is this 10-day yeah. meditation. Yes, I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to Igatpuri, the main center where Goenkaji used to stay. Oh, wow. And, you know, while work was happening and I was enjoying it and, you know, I was... We we were kind of doing some cool things, mm-hmm. like we organized India's first ever internship fair. Mm-hmm. Like while there are so many job fairs, there was I don't think ever an internship fair. So yeah, so that that was happening um, on the work front. But more importantly, that this personal journey and the start of that was was way more exciting. And it was like oh okay, and and sorry, not exciting. Exciting, I can look at look back and say now it was very frightening. Right. Yeah, because who you thought you were was changing. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know. I didn't know the answer. Yeah, I was. I was in fact at that time longing. Tell me who I want. I should be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We need a reference point. Yeah, somehow. give yeah. me, give me, give me the role. My actor in me was saying, "What is the role? I don't know the character I'm supposed to play." Right, right. You know. So what? What? Can, I know you have to. Oh, yeah, <laughs> in a moment. But just give me. I, I'm curious. Just sure. Um, have you found an answer to that question or, or like what is your uh, how do you see that now who are you and, and how do you orient yourself in life no I think it's an ongoing journey in the last mm. year I would say I'm becoming more like myself mm. I've started enjoying this person mm-hmm. enjoying being yourself yeah um, that's a that's a hard yeah <laughs> yeah for the first time now when I meet say I met, met you there's this genuine connection yeah. I don't think I've enjoyed this so, so much yeah. ever I've never had this yeah. and for me I'm still learning there yeah. is still always always in a new connection there is always sussing out as well yeah. is there chemistry happening yeah. and now before ever the answer is more often yes yeah. 
like just yesterday and i remember this is like one of my and maybe that's what we can end with mm-hmm. um for example i, I was i was out uh, you know we were partying and all of that and there's this friend i just met mm-hmm. who comes to me holds my hand and says varun we got to go, go now we are heading to another pub we got to go now that's it and he just holds my hands and pulls me and i'm like fuck i have found a friend yeah never has anyone like shown so much ownership on me yeah i am so grateful to this wow. you know well, so yeah that is it, a good note to end on because you do have to go now yes. <laughs> you have to catch a bus thank you for your time thank and, you so much um, for this this was wow cool so uh till next time till yes till next time thank you so much thank you so much as varun had to get to the airport we didn't talk about his last five years as a behavioral consultant and how he now lives in harmony with nature in Goa. But these are things you can read about on his LinkedIn page, which you can find in the show notes. Today's quote is from Frank Herbert's Dune, the famous litany against fear. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me, and when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of this conversation. Please share this podcast with other people who might enjoy it. Make sure to also leave a review in your podcast app if you can. That helps other people find great content. I don't run ads on this podcast, but there are two ways that you can support the show and keep it going. The first is by contributing directly to the production cost on Patreon. Statistically, very few people support podcasts directly, which is why most shows resort to running ads. If you want to make sure media is made for you and not to please advertisers, then I suggest you pay for media that you consume. And statistically, out of every 10,000 listeners, 200 might support me directly. If these 200 put in $20 a month each, this will become a professional podcast and will continue indefinitely. If you would like to be one of these 200 people, go to patreon.com slash joshlevent. The second way to support me is to make use of my professional services. I am a leadership and life coach. If you would benefit from some constructive conversations about your life and work, go to joshlevent.com coaching to find out more about my coaching services. Mm-hmm.